Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter Ryan MK, and of course, <coughs> by my side as always, the salary captain, the March Heron, my good friend, Aaron Stewart. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Oh, man, doing well, doing well. We have concluded week 10, and week 10 follows the trend of what seems to be the last month of NFL football, which basically goes, you're going to predict something and the complete opposite is going to happen because craziness, the NFL, it's, ah, it drives us crazy. But at the end of the day, we love it because it's, you don't need drama on, on TV. You've got the NFL. So I'm doing good, bud. How about you? It's very true. Very true. I was actually, I'm great. And I was, uh, we got a little bit of a new schedule. I was actually expecting something from you along the lines of back to, Hey, uh, happy it's Monday night and all of that. <laughs> like we used to do. Cause we'll let you know, Matt caps. Here's the deal. There's going to be no more Sunday night pod, which basically would be a Monday pod for y'all. We've decided to combine what we record on Sunday and Monday and make it all come out Tuesday, okay? And then we'll still have the Thursday pod, which is inevitably the Friday pod. We call it those because that's the day we record, but y'all get it at a different time. Uh, But so those pods, we're just going to do two week instead of three it's going to help us out it's gonna you know um you know just make everything a little bit neater and more organized i believe as well so and uh you you know because that that there wasn't a whole lot of substance to them to you know the monday night review thursday night recap pods so this this should do uh justice for what we're trying to do i believe so i'm excited to get back to monday nights as well and that opens up Sunday night for my other podcast, the Miscellaneous Debris Podcast. Yeah, you know, shameless plug. You can check that out. Same place to check this out. But Aaron, happy to be back on Monday nights. We have a Monday night football game. Oh, ooh, ooh, by the way, we also have, before the Monday night football, we have a new YouTube channel. That's right. We're going to separate my Miscellaneous Debris stuff from the, the Dynasty Wonderland stuff. So we've got an actual The Dynasty Wonderland podcast channel. So make sure you go there, like, subscribe, do all that stuff like you would on the past one. Make sure to subscribe. So that being said, excited, buddy. Are you? I'm excited. I love this show. We get to <laughs> me too, me too. some things. Excuse me. We get to crap on some things, and then we get to talk about some positive things. It's a good combination. That's right. That's right. Before we do, uh, just a few thoughts. What's what's going around? I guess there's a couple injuries, but we'll get to those when we get into the games. So any quick thoughts on the Monday night football game that was, you know, mostly San Francisco, I would say. The Von Miller OBJ debuts spoiled. Uh, and it was good to see De- Debo continue his ass kicking over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, but, uh, it, you know, that's kind of the highlights from it. What are your thoughts overall? Overall thoughts on this one. I want to say we talked about this being a potential trap game. Like a lot of people, they go, ah, oh, the Rams, they're a better team than 49ers. There's no questioning that. But divisional games get weird. And it was a road game, too. So I'll say I wasn't expecting the 49ers to put an absolute 
beat down on the Rams, but right. uh, you know, when people are like, I'm shocked the Rams got beat. I'm like, no, I mean, the teams are going to lose games. They're going to, and this yeah. seemed to be set up kind of perfect for that. I mean, when you play division rivals, like, they play you twice a year. They know your stuff. Uh, but big takeaway on this one. Yeah, really, you said it best, Debo. Just it, it, the crazy thing wasn't all through the air. Five carries, 36 no. yards, and a touchdown. One rushing touchdown, one and, passing touchdown. Yeah. Or receiving. Yeah, and, and he's just, golly, he is so dang good. And a lot of people, when you look at Debo, you go, he's 5'11", He's 215 pounds. He's not your traditional number one receiver, you know, the mm-hmm. six two, six three receivers. Uh, but this is where the NFL's at. Like, you don't have to be that type of receiver. And, you know, I've said it in previous plots. I was not a believer of Debo going into the season, and I have apologized profusely. And if there are people that are still, like, not believers, like, I – what else do you need like the guy just produces goes out he performs man thanks to touchdowns he outproduced cooper cup but like that's that's another thing too it's like you have arguably the two best receivers of this season that mm-hmm. were in this game um i i tweeted about it on on twitter <laughs> where else would i would i tweet from but <laughs> these are two receivers that that two receivers that were averaging over 20 fantasy points per game coming into this game and there's only one other guy my mind is drawing a blank on who the third guy is and lo and behold they both scored over 20 fantasy points and they were basically they were basically it there was george kittle it's nice to see him score a touchdown Elijah Mitchell, heavy, heavy workload. That's the other thing, too, uh, just briefly, is Garoppolo is just – he's a game manager. And yeah. people that like to crap on him, you know what? He executed his role to perfection. This is just what the 49ers are. They don't want Garoppolo to go <laughs> – they're not going to let Garoppolo cook. and Not just because it doesn't roll off the tongue easily. Right. It, in this type of role, it's perfect. Just yeah. short, quick passes – and just rely on the strengths of the other team. I think they knew the way to beat the Rams is you're not going to beat them in a shootout. Like you have to control the clock and you can't make turnovers. And Stafford, ooh, ugly game. Yeah. Those happen though. Yeah. All right. I well, talked way too much on this game. Do you have anything else to, to add? Oh, no. I was just going to point out to your, they really, you know, not winning in a shootout. They got to try and control it. I mean, Elijah Mitchell had 27 attempts, but Debo himself had five. Jeff Wilson had 10 and Garoppolo two. So, you know, 29, I mean, 44 rushing attempts. Um, And yeah, Jimmy G, I mean, you'd like to see what this offense looks like with a, uh, you know, a Trey Lance, what we imagine him to be, but it's clear he's not there yet. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that. But really, uh, the Rams, they just, man, when they look bad, do they look bad? Uh, the good news is, is that even when they look bad, Cooper Cup still gets his. <laughs> I just, because he didn't have a touchdown, but 100, uh, sorry, 122 yards off of 11 receptions. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Gets his regardless. So, but uh, definitely, 
you know, bit of a stinker of a game as far as viewing experience goes. But uh, once it got later on in the game, because pretty clear it was just not going to be the Rams night. <laughs> not at all. It was bad. Okay. Well, let's head into Off With Their Heads. I'm going to go ahead and get the timer ready. And uh, disclaimer, this does not mean we actually wish for any of these teams, players, etc., to be off with their heads and be missing their heads. No, it's a metaphor. It's the Dynasty Wonderland, Wonderland podcast. So Off With Their Heads seems apropos. Okay, let's get into it. Aaron, go ahead and go first. What you got for the Off With The Heads? Well, they are coming off an absolute pitiful performance. It's the Falcons offense. And I mean the whole offense on this one. But there's there's other things yeah. too. Obviously, this this happened before, and we and we hope that he is getting the help that he needs. But Calvin Ridley, like we don't know when Ridley's gonna come back. Mm. And in his absence, there hasn't been a receiver that's that has been able to stand out. Like their their receivers, they're receivers are other positional players it's cordero patterson who he i don't know what you classify him as just weapon he's a weapon and then kyle pitts who is a tight end cheat code uh but russell gage just came off a game where <laughs> just a big old goose egg and yeah. so losing calvin Ridley, you got nothing else in the receiving room and i mean the kids got cordero seven targets but only came up with two of them yeah and, and we like Zacchaeus as like a tertiary option, but uh, he, he's not going to ever put up big numbers. I mean, he, yeah. he may have those PPR games that bail him out. You know, the Julian Edelman special where maybe you catch six passes that go for like you know, 50 yards and it looks good, but like it doesn't really help the, the offense much uh, at all. And I mentioned Cordero Patterson. He's also, he's injured. He injured yeah, his ankle. I was going to say he got hurt. He got hurt. And so it's like, all right, so you're down Calvin Ridley. You're probably going to miss some games from Cordero Patterson. For sure. You still got Kyle Pitts, but. Where's the offense come Kyle? from? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the backfield's now back to Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman, uh, another veteran running back that has been resurrected and to Wayne Gallman's credit, was just last season where he filled in for Saquon Barkley and he was fantasy relevant for like a five, six week period. But Gallman has been the RB three and my goodness, with how bad Mike Davis has looked at times, you sit there and go, if Gallman can't get any workload, if he wasn't able to steal any carries from Mike Davis before, what can he really bring? So off with their heads, Falcons offense, it's just becoming a shit show. Yeah, I would just add on Wayne Gallman after Patterson went down. I mean, Gallman had 15 total rushing attempts and a couple of uh, targets. Mike Davis had four rushing attempts. Um, so it's pretty clear Wayne Gallman's guy, I'd say, worthy of, uh, you know, of a wa- waiver pickup in redraft leagues just to see what happens with it. I mean, because, again, where's the offense going to come from? I mean, so it's a good chance, if anything, the opportunity could be enough. And then I would say, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, in Dynasty, you definitely, 
there's a good chance he's probably not on those waiver wires in dynasty leagues, but worth taking a peek. Um, and then I was just going to say on the other side, CD lamb got hurt in that game and, uh, we'll see how he fares, but, um, it's a good chance it was precautionary from what I saw them sitting in, um, cause the game was kind of out of hand, but Hey, that's a hell of a bounce back by the Cowboys. And, uh, off with their heads continues for me. Oh, sorry. Did you have anything else to add first? Nope. Nope. I think we covered it all with the Falcons. Okay, perfect. I will head into my first one then. And that is the Seattle fucking Seahawks. Not that I'm some huge fan, but I do kind of like Russ, even though he's kind of a fucking lame-o, like Mr. Unlimited. Like, come on, Russ. Just when I think you might turn the cool corner, you go and do some shit like that and just fuck it off, Mr. Unlimited. You were Mr. Super Limited uh, 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 this week, my friend. What happened to no pin time to win? Isn't that what you posted? Isn't that what you posted, Russell Wilson? The pin's gone. No pin time to win. More lame-o shit. And then you follow it up with this. Normally, you do this lame-o shit, and then you come out, and you kick ass, Russ. What was going on here? This was maybe still bothers him, but uh, this was just rough. This was just rough. Give it to the Packers. Okay, the Packers D. Russ had two interceptions. And let's face it, he's not getting a lot of help from the ground game. But this this was just rough all around. Seattle gets blanked. And then you look on the other side, and uh, A.J. Dillon, a couple of touchdowns, picking up the slack after Aaron Jones gets hurt. So there's another injury. Cordero Patterson, down. Aaron Jones, down. Both seem to be probably out at least next week, possibly longer. Excuse me, we'll see how it goes. But, yes, A.J. Dillon had a pretty good game, and, uh, you know, Packers took him out. I was hoping for a much more exciting game, Aaron. But it just, it's like, I I start to wonder, how much can we expect from the Seattle offense? Because Russ can only do so fucking much. And granted, I expected more from him in this game, coming off the injury or not. I mean, again, no pin, time to win. Come on. So, I don't know. This was disappointing overall, if you're looking at it uh, from a fantasy aspect. Although if you happen to play Gerald Everett, you got a nice little 14-pointer in PPR leagues. Uh, Eight targets or eight receptions, 63 yards. Well, off of eight targets. So decent game for him. But yeah, so I don't know. It's just a bummer. I, I expect more from the Seattle offense. I expected a better game. I also... And just completely, I've been up and down with Aaron Rodgers his entire career, and I'm just over this dude right now. And so I kind of wanted to see him get beat. And instead, they put it to the Seahawks. And in the process, my guy Aaron Jones got hurt. So it's just a tough one this game, tough one this game. But yes, the Seattle Seahawks offense, off with your heads for the week. Can we get it right next week? Aaron, what do you got to add? Only briefly on this one, I, I want to I want to say it was a couple <clears throat> of weeks me. ago we started to touch on this, but it's not breaking news at all. But you start to wonder: Is Russell Wilson's days with Seattle numbered? And not because of a performance thing, but there was already like rumblings in this past off season about Russell Wilson getting traded, and it, this team's falling apart. 
it is. And that's, that's the cycle that, that mm. happens. You know, they, they, they come in, they were successful because Wilson was on a rookie contract. Well, that, that played a massive part. Wilson was on his rookie contract. They were able to afford all these pieces. Then when you extend the quarterback and you start having to go, well, we can't pay him. We can't pay him. We got to cut him. Mm -hmm. It's you start losing all the talent and they haven't really done such a great job of replenishing it and look no further than the Jamal Adams trade. You trade multiple valuable first round picks. Like, look, yeah. First round picks, you can build your team the way the Rams did, where you go, oh, draft picks? Well, that'll allow us to get whatever we need. But I just have a feeling you already start to see the cracks in the cracks in the service here because I saw something today. Pete Carroll going, yeah, the refs really like screwed us on this one. Like, so you got blaming the refs publicly. Like the, the offense, you're right. It's just off. You got Metcalf. It, what was it? He got like ejected. Ejected. Yeah, ah, dude, he's like grabbing onto a dude's helmet, and it like yeah. it didn't look good, man. They're just they're kind of a mess. If, if I was Russ, I'd get the hell out of there. But the timer went off, um, so yep. we're gonna move on to the next one. But uh, yeah, it's hard to hard to trust Seattle right now. Who do they got next week? I'll look at that in a minute. But go ahead and go on with your next off with the heads. Off with their heads. It's a receiver, singular receiver. Cortland Sutton. Oh, Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Because Jerry Judy has returned. And in the two games there that they've played these past two weeks, um, he has had twice the amount of targets as Cortland Sutton. And Cortland Sutton, I'm going to pull it up here, has had six total targets. Wait, well, I guess... Actually, my, my stuff's a little out of date here. The game logs I'm looking at don't have week 10. Uh, but he, he had three Sutton targets had in week 10. Three. So in three games, how many did Judy have? He had nine targets this week. Oh, my goodness. It, yeah. it just continues the trend here. So it's three games since Jerry Judy has come back. And Sutton has a whopping nine total targets during that three-game stretch. Jerry Judy, nine in that game alone. And he had 12 the previous two weeks. So 21 and not like he's more than doubling the amount of targets, but this isn't like, it is a small sample size, but even going back to week one, Cortland Sutton had three targets. Jerry Judy had seven. Jerry Judy got, he only played half the snaps in week one. There is a clear alpha there in terms of target share. And that's Jerry Judy. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Tim Patrick has a defined role in that. And he's going to get probably four, five targets. He had, uh, he had, I believe, six in, in week 10. You have that game log pulled up to, to, to do some stat verification for me. I yeah, sorry, Patrick I was double-checking something else. One that, second. What do you need? Um, Patrick and Fance. So they both had Fance six had targets. Six targets. Right? Yeah, and yes, Tim Patrick did as well. And, sorry. And that becomes a problem is that Sutton is closer to those two guys. They're all three getting around the same targets. Whereas Judy, well, Judy, so Judy was the clear alpha with, with nine targets, but that's the issue there. Sutton, he hasn't had a fantasy relevant uh, performance in now in the past four weeks. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing. So off of their heads, Cortland Sutton can't trust your brother. And <clears throat> Before I add on, are the Eagles anywhere in your mad observations? Nope. 
I'm just going to bring him up real quick then because that's who smashed the Broncos. <laughs> Holy shit. Jalen Hart hurts still doing, you know, his thing, not anything overly impressive, but as a team, I mean, they are just running the shit out of the ball. Jalen hurts, 14 carries Jordan Howard, 12 Boston Scott, 11. Our boy Kenneth Gainwell got in there with a couple, <laughs> but you know, they're running the shit out of the ball. Devonta Smith got a couple of touchdowns instead of the running backs getting it this week. They've kind of got a winning formula. It's not pretty. doesn't provide a lot for fantasy outside of Hertz. And then maybe Devonta Smith, but he's, you know, up and down due to the nature of the offense. So, uh, but you, you like what you see and you just want, I'm, there's going to be a decision on Jalen Hurts. And I just hope, uh, you know, he can pick up the pace and uh, like, he's looked good, but I, I, you know, make it so they don't question it, you know, make them want to bring you back is what I would say, but I'm going to go into, uh, unless you had anything on the Eagles side of it, Aaron. Nah, uh, I, as a Cowboys fan, I'll keep my Eagles talk to a minimum. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, I'll head into my uh, last off with their head. And uh, this is basically just the AFC West. They just let Kansas City right back in this shit. Just let them right back in this shit. Just it, all the other three teams, obviously the Chiefs beat the Raiders, but Broncos, as we just discussed, and and then the Chargers and the Broncos. I mean, what a fucking fantasy wasteland. I mean, it, and, it, you know, it, every once in a while, it'll be somebody like it, Melvin Gordon had a good game last week. Like shit like that. And it's just you, you can't count on them for nothing. And there's too much talent on that team to be able to say that. It's so fucking frustrating, you know. So you got the Broncos. And then you got the Chargers. Oh, well, this team is also fucking frustrating. Like, what the hell happened to that? This was one of those teams we thought was really going to take off. And they had a bit of a hot start, but the, you can tell there's just some struggles with this team. And, uh, you know, Mike Williams, like, he just continues to be Mike Williams. I mean, what we've always, every time you think, okay, maybe Mike Williams is going to get, nope, hey, nope. So it just, they're another frustrating team. And then Las Vegas. I mean, really that Deshaun Jackson fumble really felt like it kind of flipped the game last night because at that point it felt like the Raiders were going to try and keep up with Casey. And after that, it just felt over. And um, that's, that's tough because I actually think they could challenge the Chiefs a little bit, but they've had so much turmoil this year. I mean, how long before just everything is just takes its toll, you know? Right. And uh, so it, it just, I don't know. I, Las Vegas, you still look at them as maybe they got a shot in there somewhere, but I'm starting to like the Broncos. I I'm done with as far as what they are as a team this year. And really as far as, I, I mean, I love what I'm seeing out of Jerry Judy, you know, as far as the attention he's getting, but this team is just bleh. So it's hard to trust anybody really uh, fantasy wise. And, um, you know, the chargers, they, they're just continually disappointing. So it's, yeah. <clears throat> 
the AFC West, I'm just not happy with. And um, but other than Kansas City, because this could be really ugly if not for the fact that, hey, Kansas City, at least. At least for a week. Looked more like the Kansas City offense we're used to seeing. I know you got something to say about this squad, so I'll let you get into it. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 400, over 400 yards, five touchdowns. Kelsey did his thing. Tyreek Hill did his thing. We got the Pringle man getting a touchdown. So, you know, KC was doing their thing. It looked normal. We'll see if it sustains. But at least for a week, they looked like Kansas City. And because of the failures of the rest of the division, they're now right back on top after all the shit and after everybody like, what's wrong with this? And I'm, I was doing it too. Like, what the fuck is going on with this team? And here we are. Here we are. So please, Eric, your thoughts. Well, the one thing I've got to add, right, is good old Mr. Double Barrel himself, Daryl Williams and his massive game. I knew that you wanted to talk about talk about it too. Of course, he had the highlight catch. That was amazing. And just doing things that, oh, man, if you're a Clyde Edwards, a lair truther. That was the timer, going. but keep going because I got to keep, keep going. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you know, if you saw Daryl Williams' performance and you're a Clyde Edwards, a lair truther, you go, but, but, but that, that's the CEH. That's the CEH performances that we need. So leads to some interesting conversations on Clyde Edwards Alaire is it could return as soon as this week. And what are they going to do? It's a good problem to have from an NFL standpoint. Okay. Daryl Williams has been productive. When it, he's not the best running back, but like he fits that system. He is able to do multiple things, block. Yeah. Can, can can run. It seems he can run better than Clyde Edwards Alaire. And then, like, you have a receiving game. You go, you really can't ask for more. Um, but yes, just double barrel Daryl Williams himself. That double is a, that is an anointed nickname I've given him. That that's not his official nickname, but you love to see it. And yeah, I'm with you with with Kansas City. It's like it's one game. But sometimes it's a game like that where you go, things are starting to turn around. It just kind of clicks. You know, we just, it's not so different from what Tampa Bay went through last year, where they they were okay, but they got swept by the, the Saints and they're kind of hovering around 500, right above to where people weren't panicking. But you go, really? The, the Tom Brady's team is this? And second half of the season, it just clicks and things get better. And you know what? The defense has been better. Yeah. <laughs> it's been been better. And really, that's all they got to be. They, yeah. they have the Chiefs have never been a defensive powerhouse. It's just let's minimize. Let's not do what they did in the first half of the season, where you just couldn't rely on them to do anything. No, but it's so, also one of those defenses where they they rely on the offense to do their thing and then they can kind of you know do their thing they're, they're, yeah it's not the defense you want out on the field when you're playing from behind very often so um definitely helps when the chiefs are ahead so but yes the overall chiefs look a lot better and i would say for darrell williams it is good to point out his college target share 
in the 74th percentile. His college yards per carry in the 60th percentile. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't have anything spectacular as far as workout metrics, um, but he's got average agility that helps. So yes, on paper, you look at him and he's nothing crazy, but if you're Kansas city, I don't know how you don't keep rolling with him. Edwards Hilaire wasn't looking like this in there, you know, for them. So I think if the offense is rolling, I mean, he's part of it. And so maybe this even helps Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. Maybe, as the second option coming in, you know, limited work, maybe he's more successful. You never know. You never know. So I just uh, takes you back to those Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus Jonathan Taylor arguments, huh? Oh, boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, the- I, I know whose side I was on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think anyone in the analytics uh field <laughs> people that lean more analytics over film yeah it it was very clear <laughs> yeah. like it, Jonathan Taylor. very much team jt would love to see it uh, but man poor edwards let's and i've got him in some places because mm-hmm. you're playing enough leagues you're right. gonna own them we're gonna see what we we're gonna see what his role is going yeah. forward and it's gonna be rough Yes. We'll have to see. You never know. You never know. But I do that if you're the Chiefs, I don't know how you can uh, just let him come back and automatically put him ahead of Daryl Williams. Yeah. Um, especially after that catch, man. That was like, oh, hey, snatch that out the end. Okay. Anyway, on to the mad observations. Aaron, good sir. Let's get through this. Start us off. All right. First one. It seems that things are not going Tampa Bay's way lately. <laughs> uh, this was an upset. It was it was a road mm-hmm. game. Crazy things happen on the road. But the Buccaneers coming off a of bye week, it's like, okay, they, had, they lost bye week. They're going to take care of business against the Washington football team, except they didn't. It seems that Washington is one of those teams that just plays Tampa Bay very, very tough. And there, yeah. there is some concern. Washington is Washington has more holes in their defense than Packers fans have holes in their in their hats, their cheese head hats. Like there's a really, really bad delivery there. But that's okay. I was hoping you were gonna say heads, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? It it's concerning the the performance that Tom Brady had against that Washington second. Now bad games happen. They they yeah. do, but like that was like, oh yeah, Brady's gonna feast and have like 400 yards. He's gonna have the the Patrick Mahomes game that Mahomes had, except it didn't happen. And going forward, there are some issues, right? Because overall, as a team, run defense stout. They mm-hmm. clearly took care of business because Antonio Gibson touched the ball 26 times and had 78 yards right he was getting volume but not efficiency but tampa is right up there with washington as being a really bad passing offense or passing defense and taylor heineke was able to to have some moments it Mm. was kind of a garoppolo type performance but nonetheless he didn't throw an interception 
you know, throw an interception and he made plays. And on offense, the issue is injuries. It's, there was no Antonio Brown, no Gronk. They've been beat up for Gronk for most of the season and Brown for the last few weeks. And Godwin played, but there was, it was kind of iffy. It really was a true questionable call. Was he going to play or not? And so on offense, Brady is losing these, these offensive weapons. Now, fortunately, none are season ending, but, you know, like these are injuries these guys are probably going to have to play through through most of the season. So with Tampa Bay, two games slide here, you have to wonder, can they, can they repeat the Super Bowl champs? It's incredibly difficult to do that. And man, may, maybe it's one of those, just like last season, where you go, mm, Tampa Bay, I don't know if they can win, and they freaking figure it out. But there's a lot of things to address with this team right now. I agree. And I also think that, I mean, it's just hard, man. It's hard mm-hmm. for teams to repeat. It's hard. For teams to, you know, that's why it's so impressive what New England was able to do year after year after year. Teams just can't do that, you know. Things change too much. And even though with the Bucks, nothing with them really changed. The NFL around them changed. The division around them changed. Teams around. So, you know, change is constant in the NFL and makes it hard to just do what you did one year the next year. And, um, you know, there's definitely some warning signs. I'm sure they'll be fine. They'll still win the division, things like that. They'll, they'll get guys back. We'll get fantasy production as we're used to from this team. But, uh, yeah, definitely cause for concern, I would say. And at least Antonio Gibson got a couple of touchdowns, despite yes. the bad efficiency. <laughs> the, the volume, the volume was key. Yes. on that one but yeah certainly not like that's not what you do against tampa bay folks don't just run up the middle like that's the one thing tampa bay has been consistently great at for two years right. very stout defensive line okay so i'm gonna get into tampa's former team the new england patriots and they're shellacking they're clobbering they're smacking around of the Cleveland Browns. Um, Holy shit. I thought this was going to be, I I thought Cleveland would win barely. I thought this was going to be a much more fun game. I did not expect this at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, And no Damian Harris, no problem. Ramondre Stevenson, 100 yards, two touchdowns. That's right. Jacoby Myers finally gets his first NFL touchdown. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, the leading receiver. Mac Jones was just balling, damn near 200 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, He was having a good day, having a good day. And they just laid it on this Browns team. Um, What looked so promising last week, uh, not not so much this week. And Baker got banged up. Um, just, I gotta be honest. I was big on the Browns and part of that was belief in Baker, you know, 
and I don't like what I'm seeing. And the craziest thing is I really liked what I saw last year and the stats told you money throws all of that. He was great. I don't know what happened this year. And it feels like this is a repeat of what we've already seen from Baker promise. And then after the promise, the next season comes disappointment. So I I don't know what to make this dude anymore, but I got to say my faith is dwindling. It's starting to dwindle because I, and I know he's banged up and blah, blah, blah. This is uh, even before that, this is just, I don't know. I thought, okay, last week you get Odell out there. Maybe that helps out. And I didn't know what it would make for the offense because it still felt like one of them spread them around offenses. But, yeah, just nothing, nothing. And it's just super disappointing to see this from the Browns. And uh, But I also like what I saw out of the Patriots. And um, I do have to say I really thought it was going to be tougher for the Browns to run on the Patriots because Bill does that thing where let's take away their number one thing. But, hey, Dernis Johnson still had 99 yards, 19 carries. So he still had a solid day and uh, they just, they they just didn't have enough offensive power all around really. But uh, that's my thoughts on it. I'm definitely worried about Cleveland um, and the Patriots. I mean, they just, they they look better week after week. Um, I don't know what to say about their, their receivers, but uh, Hey, if Jacoby Myers can keep getting touchdowns, we can we can definitely count on him. So let's go, Jacoby. Establish yourself. Get get some more titties. So, Aaron, what you got? Only thing I want to add to this one: we talked about how crucial the matchup was because both teams went into the week at five and four. Mm-hmm. And the AFC as a as a conference, it's there are four tanking teams there. The Texans, the Dolphins, that shouldn't be tanking, but right. <laughs> stuff happens. The the Jets and the Jaguars, right? Four of the 16 teams in the conference are tanking teams. The other 12 are five and five and above. Like it is that <laughs> the, the playoff race is wide freaking open. And that's, that's why true. I was like, you have two teams in that playoff race. Like the loser, like now the Browns are and it's going to fluctuate from week to week, but they are way out of the playoff picture right now. Just looking in terms of tiebreakers and everything, like they are 10th, but like I said, it's weird. There's a lot of five and five teams. There's some five and four teams. There's some six and four teams. So it's not completely over for the Browns, but as we talked about when we preview the games, the loser of this game these games start to matter more and more because we have less and less games. And uh, I was with you when you talked about high on the Browns, I kept going multiple times in the off season. They're a dark horse team to win the Super Bowl. Well, did I know they may be a dark horse team to just to slip into the playoffs. (laughs) uh, Not looking good, Cleveland. If they could somehow acquire Russell Wilson, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I kind of like it. Anyway, your observation, your next observation, my friend, go ahead. Let's start off with, last week I brought a stat 
to the dynasty wonderland. I brought it to Twitter as well, that the New York Jets are such a fantasy running, fantasy football running back, like dream, like heaven, because mm-hmm. the last three weeks going into week 10, they had allowed five top five PPR performances to the running back position, five and three weeks. Then the, the question became, okay, they're really, really bad against running backs. Which, which Bill's running back? Like, there's Zach Moss, and there's a concussion. Is he going to play? If he doesn't play, uh, single Terry? Well, Zach Moss played, and him and Singletary both scored a touchdown. But apparently... It's not just a two-headed running back by committee. It's a three-headed running back by committee because Matt Breida, oh my goodness, it feels like it has been ages since we have heard that name. Breida yep. comes in to, to screw stuff up because he scores a touchdown on the ground and he scores a touchdown in the passing game. And Matt Breida actually finished like – it might have been before the Sunday night football game, but he was RB 15. Mm. It just, my takeaway on this one is the Jets still really, really suck against running backs. I don't know who they play next. I haven't looked at week 11, but whoever they, they're playing, actually, we're going to pull this up in real time here. Like, yeah, while you're doing that, just a, let me just tell you, it, just it wasn't just yeah. the running backs either. Emmanuel Sanders got one carry for 24 yards. Isaiah McKenzie had two carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they used Davis Webb for a couple of rushes, the backup quarterback. Well, that would be the third string quarterback, right? Because, oh, no, Trubisky was on. Trubisky had COVID, I believe. So COVID, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they used literally seven dudes in the run game on Sunday. (laughs) And props to Sean McDermott. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. We we all know, like it was just clear. It was like the Jets can't do anything to stop the run. So, yeah, okay. And on top of that, what like Josh Allen still had some. He still had some plays. Like he, yeah, yeah. sixty six, two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs had a big day. It's crazy. So now the real test is going to be for the Jets defense. The next two matchups are the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Texans. So I guess a Miles Gaskin week in Houston. Houston, we have a problem, but it's going to be uh, the, what is it? The the unmovable object versus the unstoppable force is that what it is <laughs> the the immovable force wait yeah what the hell is it i feel like i should <laughs> i think i got it but i said it back. it's like the unstoppable uh, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object yeah I th- it's I think the team right. that can't run the ball at all versus the team that can't stop the yeah. run at all right it's gonna be great so yeah that's that <laughs> it's just great that they still managed to allow a pretty of uh, one of the top fantasy running back performances. And it was someone that nobody was going to start at all. No right. offense, Brita. I'm with you. And then just real quick, the Jets, man, 
We talk about Houston, we have a problem. They'll actually be okay because they're going to get a haul for Deshaun Watson. But the Jets, the Jets, I mean, even if Zach Wilson is – because I wouldn't give up on – it's it's his rookie year. But even if Zach Wilson is not the guy, you better put – you better get a better team around him. (laughs) Because this is – I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Elijah Moore. But this is – pitiful the defense i mean robert sala is supposed to be a defensive guy isn't he i mean goodness and i do just want to say one thing nice to see buffalo show everybody what mike white really is because man that talk was annoying i i even on one of my football podcasts normally smart people one of them's a jets fan though and he's like yeah i can't wait to see more of mike white just like come the fuck Ah." Ah, ah. And then I love Joe Flacco coming in and going three for three for 47 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> fun, fact, uh, fun, quick fact on that one. Yeah. Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco were part of the 2008 NFL draft. And Joe Flacco outscored Matt Ryan in fantasy football this week, despite throwing <laughs> three passes. Oh, so, that's great. Just it's great. Have to really, really crap on Matt Ryan. <laughs> but I always Doug Flacco, man. He always gets so much. And I, I swear, he does. Part of it is his goddamn name. It's part of it. His goddamn name is Flacco. People, that it's got to be part of it. But people forget, man, the shit he did in the playoff. Like that dude's done some pretty good shit in the playoffs. Like people tend to forget that. Like. You know, when he was called upon, he was he was pretty damn good. So anyway, all right. My next observation. This is actually going to be a fairly quick one, but I just have to celebrate that Super Cam is back. I fucking love this. Is one of my guy, one of my guys that I've just always root for in the NFL. And uh, you know, the Patriots here kind of rough. He did have the COVID shit, and then you know, the beginning of this year when I'm sitting there like, come on, Cam, you're dumb. Get vaccinated. You get a better shot at getting a job. And here he goes. He's vaccinated. He's back in Carolina, and you knew they were going to have some packages for him today, uh, not today on Sunday for the game, and they did. And he's got yet another game of one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, hits Robbie Anderson on one play. He's get the rushing touchdown. He's yelling, I'm back, I'm back to the crowd. It's just fantastic. Good to see. I I know you don't want to, you never want to get too overexcited. You don't want that recency bias too much. But I'm excited about this, man. I think this could be, I mean, come on. He's not going to be as bad as Darnold. And he could help McCaffrey. McCaffrey this week, 95 yards rushing, 10 receptions off of 10 targets for 66 yards. And granted, I get it, Philip Walker was in the game most of the time. But I'm just saying this could be very beneficial to the offense as a whole, they steamroll the Cardinals, who just a, just a bad day. Chase Edmonds is on IR. Uh, fucking Kyler Murray didn't play. Hopkins, I like this was just a rough day for the Cards, and uh, mm-hmm. Carolina roughed them up. And it was good to see Cam back. I, and I'm not taking anything really away from the Cardinals on this one. Kyler Murray will likely be back next week. They'll they'll be fine. But the Panthers, I'm, you, you know, I was kind of like, what the fuck ever with them. 
But this, this, even if it's not always pretty, I'm just down for it for the story and uh, for what it could potentially mean fantasy wise. This, this, this is, man, and it, it, he looks good in that Carolina, but seeing him back in that uniform was pretty fucking cool too. So yes. that's what I got. I'm just excited. Super Tam is back. Yeah. And we speak about the, the jerseys. I've always been a fan of the jerseys of the Panthers. Yeah. Like that color scheme is just great. You really see Cam is. Newton and it just, it was like, even though he only had that one season when he didn't play in Carolina, it, it's one of those, it's like, man, it's been so long. I know. But, but it was it's crazy. It was great. It's cool. And yeah. And the only thing I got to add, doesn't really have anything to do with the game, but I have to go, this is a story from one of my fantasy football leagues. I happen to notice I was uh, in one of my leagues, the league I would do anything to win every single week. Mm. It's that type of home league. Right. Notice my opponent. Um, my team is utter crap in that league. Just, mm, it sucks. And I was like, huh. Like, before the games kicked off, I was like, man, it's more projected neck and neck. And he's one of the top teams. Like, That's weird. Because I had Gaskin who did nothing on Thursday Night Football. I'm like, what's the story behind this? It's super flex. And I played, a, I'm playing a running back in my super flex spot. So I pull up his team. I was like, Oh, he's got Kyler Murray in his QB spot and he's out. Um, well, he's going to put like, I wonder what backup quarterback he's going to put in. He didn't have a backup quarterback. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so right before the 12 o'clock games kicked off, I picked up Colt McCoy and pj walker and when the 12 o'clock game started like that i was like that's great he can't start a quarterback he can't play anybody except he picked up cam newton <laughs> and i think it would have been better just let letting them have like choose between colt mccoy and pj walker so i sit there thinking i'm so smart i can you know the strategy behind fantasy football and it just blew up in my face big time but at the same time just great to see cam newton but really cam newton two touchdowns on the first <laughs> two plays say hey sometimes <laughs> you outsmart yourself you know oh, this yeah. is how it goes all right buddy your next one i want to we talked about green bay and seattle i put some focus on mr aj dillon Mm-hmm. It is 128 yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It is two touchdowns because he has been involved even with Aaron Jones. Very the, true. The team that that has just been their system. Their, their system has always been to feature two running backs, usually Aaron Jones a little more predominantly. But clearly, like that's why they drafted AJ Dillon in the second round last year, because they're like, we really need a different. We need our, our thunder to Aaron Jones lightning. Now right. Aaron Jones has a knee injury, has an MCL sprain. Those mm-hmm. can vary. They're saying one to two weeks. If that's true, he's lucky. It's a mild sprain. People that may not be familiar with, like they, people have heard of sprains, obviously ankle sprains, and sprains happen to ligaments. Those can range from a grade of one to three, three being the most severe. So it sounds like it's grade one, but those things can linger too. And you know what? If this is, if it's a one to two week knee knee injury that 
maybe it's kind of like Christian McCaffrey 2.0 from like last year was like, oh, he'll be back. But he misses an extra game. Then he misses another game. Right. He misses another one. Like AJ Dillon could very well be like the late round, or not late round, but like late season running back that ends up winning leagues. And you think like CJ Anderson, that's mm-hmm. year he went crazy. Like he he could. Like if Aaron Jones is gone, they already oh the rookie running back that ended up getting injured too. I just blanked big to Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill. Right. Like he's gone. The only guy they have is I want to say it's Patrick Taylor, who he's been around the league for a couple of seasons, undrafted. Mainly he's a practice squad guy. That's the main point on that. Like he's just kind of a guy. That that's all he is. So it's like it's AJ Dillon's backfield and he has right. shown the ability the number one thing on his profile was ah, oh, but he doesn't catch passes seems to be more of like boston college where he played college they just never they're, they're not really a big throw the ball to the running back team because dylan has shown shown some abilities to make plays as a receiver so oh my goodness the, that performance he had that may be a precursor to what he does these next few weeks Yes, definitely excited to see what he can do. And Aaron Jones, I I personally consider him like a week to week. And but it'll 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 be interesting to see if they place him on IR or not. Because if they do, we know that's at least three weeks. But if they don't, they might be hoping he's okay after the first couple of weeks. So right. we'll see how it goes. But you mentioned those late um season rbs that help you win fantasy championships i got just a quick story about that my brother many years ago uh he worked in texas roadhouse uh he actually worked there many years uh he was manager at one point uh he did all sorts of stuff anyway every year they had a fantasy redraft league and it was a little bit more of a buy-in than I normally play. And it was just competitive as all hell. People knew what they were doing. And it was a 14-teamer, which, as you know, makes things even more difficult. The final two years that the league was around, because my brother ran it, he ended up, when he left Texas Roadhouse... He shut it down. Um, oh, no, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. What's going on here? Okay, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, the final two years before that league disbanded, I won the championship. One of those years was of great help to me, a running back off the waiver wire who himself was picked up off of the way where off of the streets by the new orleans saints oh one mr tim hightower if you do not remember this guy's fucking run with the saints holy shit was it the saints or was it the redskins one of those teams he played for and the other one he went to and had some i want to say he went to the saints but anyway He had a magnificent run, and holy shit, did he help boost me as, I believe, my second running back. And, oh, it was glorious, Aaron. It was glorious. This was the one of the most difficult fucking leagues ever, and I somehow won it back-to-back. My brother never fucking won the thing. (laughs) So, in a way, I felt bad because it was his league. 
He ran it. That was his shit. He was the man there. And, and, and at one point he brought me in and eventually I won twice and he, he didn't win once. So sorry. Sorry, taco. Yeah. So that was my little story, but uh, my next observation is going to be the Titans keep tightening up and You look at this team and man, I remember at the beginning of the year, it was, well, their defense isn't going to be very good. And Derrick Henry, you know, they can't keep just feeding him, can they? You know, these are some of the things I'm thinking. And they got Julio, you know, and I agreed with Podfather in that sense. They're going to want to try and throw the ball more. That they know, you know, they can't keep feeding him. They're going to pass more. And as we get into the season, oh, no, they're feeding Derrick Henry. And the defense is playing better. And Julio's doing the normal being banged up kind of shit. And, you know, so I, it's been about the same. But they've had to adjust. No Derrick Henry. And... It's just interesting because it's not like they're doing anything impressive. I mean, you look more at the Saints. Like, if you just look at the box score, the the Saints side on offense looks a little more impressive. But the Titans are just getting it done. No Julio Jones. I mean, A.J. Brown had one catch for 16 yards on four targets. The leading receiver was Marcus Johnson. And I'm so mad at myself that I missed mentioning this dude in the infirmary because this was one of my sleeper guys when he was on the fucking Colts. And somehow I just spaced him off. So he goes five for a hundred. Good for him. Uh, So maybe that's the guy to look at as potential number two while Julio's out. But even more surprising, Dr. Foreman? That's down to Foreman. I mean, he was the leading rusher. Adrian Peterson had eight carries, but down to Foreman had 11 carries plus a couple of receptions. The receptions were actually, he had 48 total yards uh, with a 39 long in there. So he had a 39 yard reception and then another percent. So down to Foreman getting a little work. Any excitement about uh, Jeremy McNichols is now, right? And it's, it's Adrian Peterson and Dante Foreman, apparently. But uh, I'm not worried about A.J. Brown. But, it, 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 you know, this. I do wonder if they can sustain this. Because if you look at what they had to do, it's not very good. I mean, Marcus Johnson did something. But other than that, not much. They're going to need more. So, but, you know, the Saints have a tough defense. We'll see what they do in their next game. But it, it, I'm not worried about A.J. Brown. I'm sure he'll be fine. But the offense as a whole, man, Julio needs to get back and get back healthy. I mean, and we'll see what these, these boys can do. Because it, this, you know, like I said, it's got to be more than what they did this week. Yeah, and – with the Titans, you know, you just can't help but just be impressed that it may not be pretty, 
you take care of business though and get the wins at the end of the day for the NFL. Oh yeah, football they, side of it. Oh yeah, they just keep yeah, finding ways to win. But you're right, like fantasy side, because it's like even it's like oh, but what about tight end? Tight end's been a mess too. It's just, oh, you're you're right. It is. It's rough. And that the team I have that's utter garbage in a 14 team home league. It's because I built that team on the back of a Tannehill, AJ Brown, Julio Jones stack and. Oh, yeah. brutal it happens brutal brutal and hey the titans might have been helped by uh no alvin kamara for the saints because it, it just it just feels like he, that's he's such a giant part of their off that can't be replicated so i think that was part right. of the, and despite that the saints were right there to win it i mean so we'll see we'll have to keep an eye on the titans they are but they continue to win like you said so all right, Aaron, next next observation to you, my friend. Gotcha. This is my final one, too. And, of course, being a Cowboys fan, I got to mention, Cowboys statement win. And what I mean by statement win on this one is you can already see the storylines coming. Cowboys got their butts handed to them in their stadium uh, by the Denver Broncos the previous week. It's like, ah, yes, okay. So the, the Cowboys that, that, the, that people – know and love they're back so it is kind of a pivotal thing it's it's interesting to see a team that's been on fire cowboys have had won six straight games prior when you lose a game and it's like what happens uh, on the other side there was the falcons that were starting to make noise because a team that everyone uh, not everyone but a, a lot of people are like this team is going to be bad they should have mm-hmm. drafted a quarterback it, they, they trade Julio like they, they're going to be rebuilding suddenly they get a couple of wins they they have a few good weeks and it's like hold on the Falcons are a, if the playoff started today would be a playoff team so you start like those were the two narratives uh, on this one and the Cowboys said you know what we're pretty pissed about what happened last week and they just from the very beginning like they sent important message there and they showed like this this team is very dangerous and they're getting some key pieces back i mean on on offense there's they can they can beat you on the ground they've got a two-headed running back monster there in zeke and tony pollard the receiving game they're still missing jarwin uh and he's more of the backup tight end but you know you had (laughs) cd lamb Murray Cooper, Dalton Schultz, that, that trio has been doing so much damage in the receiving game. And it's like, ah, yes, here's Michael Gallup to, to add to that. And, you know, the backup receivers like Cedric Wilson had had moments. It's like, yeah, that's now the number four wide receiver. Right. So Dallas getting healthy there and just, it was so bad. The starters for both teams were pulled with about 10, 11 minutes left in the game. And Prescott too. Like Prescott was really bad last week. Yeah. And it was nice to nice to see him come out and have maybe his best game of the season, possibly. Like yeah, they looked great. They looked fucking great. It looked looked great. And like those, these are the things you look for when you're trying to figure out okay, the good teams and the bad teams. We've talked about this earlier in the season. Panthers and the Broncos were three and oh. It's like, okay, like, you know, it's nice to get some wins. But what's going to happen when they have to start playing some tougher teams and like both teams ended up like losing three straight. It's like, yeah, 
they're not what everyone is already hyping them up to be. So when a team that is really hot, like the Cowboys, when they lose a game and they're able to bounce back like that and go, no, we're still one of the top dogs in the NFC. It was, it was impressive. Sent a message, sent a message to the league. I agree. And I really don't have much to add to what you said other than um, doesn't sound like CD lambs injuries, anything serious should be fine for week 11, but yeah, this team, (laughs) huh? I said, knock on wood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, despite the dud last week, I mean, this is, you want pieces of this fucking offense. You really do. Um, Because it's going to be fun for a while, for a while. So, all right. Well, then I will move on to my final observation. And I'm going to talk about the tie for a couple of reasons. Uh, Because one, I really thought, even with Mason Rudolph at helm, that uh, this could be the potential for a secondary receiver to make some noise. But I also felt like it could be just a huge Najee Harris day. But it was really, I mean, Najee Harris, 26 carries, 105 yards. But really, I, I, I was really hoping James Washington partly because I've, I've got him rostered in a couple of dynasty leagues. And I actually, I've liked this guy and his profile from the beginning. So, and he did get a touchdown in the game, but it was Ray Ray McLeod who came in second with 12 targets, nine receptions for 63 yards. It just blew my mind. Um, Pat Fryermuth, uh, he continues to make some noise. Um, and also not such a good noise because he did have <laughs> the uh, – didn't he lose a fumble or was it Mason Root? Oh, yeah, no. he lost the fumble yeah. in overtime. Right. And, like, okay. they, they were close. They were almost a field goal range. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> it, yeah. And uh, it, Mason Rudolph had a fumble as well and an interception, and it just, like – Deontay Johnson, he's going to get his, and Najee Harris as well. But other than that, and I kind of like what Pat Fryer is doing, like, I don't know how much you can, like, this offense is not great. Football-wise, I kind of wish that they would just go away. Like, I don't want them in the playoffs. (laughs) Just get them out of here. Um, But, you you know, you know they're going to go hardcore after a running back or I'm sorry, a quarterback next year. So in the off season. So some of these players like a Friar Muth, like if there's some of these guys, even Deontay Johnson, if you can get a hold of these guys while they're not looking as attractive, I mean, it would be the time to do it because if they get a quarterback, I mean, could totally turn things around. And then I got to talk about the Lions real quick because they're finally off the losing Skid. That's right. No more losing. Now, now it's, yeah, it's not a win. I understand. I understand. But it wasn't a loss. So I think you need to pat yourselves on the back. And if, if your the kicker had made the damn field goal, uh, you know, things would have been fine. But I guess you can't totally blame him. It was partially blocked, it looked like to me. But instead, it's a tie game. 
And uh, as much as I enjoyed seeing DeAndre Swift, because I mentioned in the infirmary that while people might look at, hey, Justin Jefferson, you know, no Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams gets a healthy, you know, workload. Somebody's going to take part of that, right? They're not just going to give it all to DeAndre Swift. And in the game last week, I pointed out when Jamal Williams went out, those other dudes, they didn't get much work. And it was so in this game as well. I mean, uh, DeAndre Swift, 33 attempts. Godwin Iwibuike. I, I, I'm not even sure. I normally check pronunciation on dudes' names, but I didn't do that with this guy. I, I think he, everyone will give you a pass on that one. Okay. <laughs> he had two attempts. Just Jamar Jefferson had three attempts. I, I, so it was DeAndre Swift. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Aaron. Here's the thing. One of those two carries by Godwin was for a touchdown. That's right. And one of the three carries by Jamar Jefferson before he got hurt, which is very unfortunate, it was a touchdown. So DeAndre Swift did all the work, but got vultured not once, but twice. Ah. So while it was exactly what I thought it would be, it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, so that was my biggest thing with, with the lion side of the game today was like, really, really? I almost called this perfectly, except for Swift didn't get the touchdowns. Swift didn't get the touchdowns. Somehow, in the minimal work that the other guys got, they got the touchdowns. If you're right. Okay. You add anything if you like. <laughs> Sorry. Now this the frustrate like the good and bad with DeAndre Swift because everyone's always critic like the people that aren't Swift fans go eh you know like he doesn't get a full workload and you go hmm, here's a thirty carry game but then on the other side it's like man the literally the only thing was just in like what are the odds right if those three running backs combined for thirty five carries and it's split up that way like what are the odds that Swift is the guy that doesn't score a touchdown? So frustrating, but I will look at the positive signs of like, okay, Detroit is not afraid of using Swift in, in the, uh, in the exactly. ground game. Not sure if I want it. Uh, I don't know if I want 30 carries, uh, you know, cause some PPR, uh, pff, I don't know, like throw, throw the ball to him. I, right. I like that. Yeah. They definitely weren't afraid to use him. So it's uh, encouraging in that respect, but and hey, again, Detroit, you didn't lose, okay? I I think you should have won. You probably should have, and I was rooting for you because fuck, fuck Pittsburgh. <laughs> Sorry, I just they're they're so blah to me. I hate to talk that. I I just they got some good players, and I'm just Big Ben doesn't do it. Mason Rudolph doesn't do it. It's just like, hey, talk to me next year when you upgrade a quarterback. Anyway, right. Let's get ready to get the hell out of here, Aaron. Do you have any final Week Ten thoughts, my friend? I think we have covered all of these games in some capacity. There, so another yeah. week down. We start prepping for Week Eleven. Yes, sir. We didn't really talk about anything pertaining to Jad's Colts, but there was eh, nothing really 
worth mentioning in that one too much other than you know our Taylor boy jt yeah jt having a good game that's a <laughs> and we did mention him so yeah that's really all you can really say but thursday night football we got that coming up and uh we have on thursday the patriots at the falcons and you know you mentioned the falcons we talked about them and how we thought maybe this could be a bit of a team a bit of a feisty team down the stretch and uh they just they just no Patterson now. Where's the firepower going to come from? And uh, they got the Patriots coming to town who are fresh off of just giving the Browns a fucking licking, just beating, just a, opening up a can of whoop ass, you know, like Stone Cold used to fucking do. That's what happened there. So I, I don't I don't know what to say about Atlanta. I could see this being another ugly primetime game. I'd like to say maybe it can be closer, but I just... I'm, I'm telling you, man, this Patriot team, they are impressing me more and more. And Mac Jones, he just he doesn't have to do too much. He just does his thing. And, you, you know, there's nothing crazy fantasy wise about the Patriots. Um, but like I said, maybe we can begin to rely on Jacoby Myers at some point. If, uh, you know, if we can get a little more passing production from Mac Jones on a more consistent basis and he's targeting Jacoby Myers, we might be able to look that way. But you know, nothing super exciting, but as a team, yeah, it just, it, I, it's hard to not trust them at this point. And the Falcons, uh, uh, we'll see what Wayne Gallman can do. Yeah, here's a little fun stat too in this game. The Patriots, you could say what a rush because they're the road warriors. They, they are 4-0 and on the road this season, which means they are only 2-4 and at home. And on the other side, the Falcons are 1-3 and at home. So I guess that's that plays a part of why the Patriots are 6.5-point favorites on the road. I never really like taking a team that's a touchdown favorite on the road. But it, it'll be interesting because, of course, how many times are we going to hear 28 to 3? <laughs> Jeez. Or, or no, just, was it 31 to 3? Well, whatever the, the old Super Bowl. So. Well, <sighs> and not only that, but like we talked about, man, what, I guess where I'm coming from it is I, I'm going to go a little different. The, the, we spoke about how Atlanta, they don't, they don't really have anywhere to go on offense. Who are they going to – Pitts and what – so you take away Cordell Patterson, even limits him more. And then you got Bill Belichick coming to down, who's notorious for taking away your main fucking weapon. If they zero in on Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan might be in a world of fucking trouble, man. <laughs> so like this, this, this could get ugly, I, I think. So yeah. yeah. But who knows? You're it's right. fucking football. Every, like you said at the beginning of the pie, every time we think we know, we just did it. We can't predict shit. They, you know, and it all makes sense. And there's process and it's sound. And, and it's just like, what the fuck happened there? Oh, football. Football fucking happened. Football happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. New schedule reminder, people. We record Mondays and Thursday now. So don't look for two podcasts early in the week. There'll just be the one that comes out on Tuesday. We got the new YouTube 
channel up the dynasty wonderland podcast search that the dynasty wonderland podcast and subscribe and check it out we'll have the video for this out on the morrow a tuesday so yes anything else for you mr aaron before we get out of here i think that that's everything always a blast um and yeah yes, you sir. talked about our our new show make sure to follow us on twitter uh, you find me at aaron stew zero nine you can find our show. We've got a Twitter account. We're going to start posting more there. And that's at DW underscore pod. And Ryan, go ahead. Give them your Twitter handle. At RMK Madness. You can check it out. Uh, and don't forget to follow that on Twitter if you want to check out what I'm doing in the world of comedies and whatnot. And I guess that's all we got. So adios for now. We're going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to go eat some food be honest with you i'm hungry <laughs> all right everybody happy tuesday happy tuesday if you hear this stay safe stay vigilant stay mad until next time from the chatter and the captain ta-ta for now